You're listening to the Sales Leadership Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, sharing strategies and tools to help you develop leads and achieve sales targets. And now your host, Tim Baker. If your goal is to become a sales leader within your company or industry, it is crucial to start off on the right foot and integrate best practices and habits from the very beginning. From time management and referral strategies to effective prospecting and selling at full price, adopting these practices early in your career will not only set you up for success, but will support your goal to become a great sales leader. Our guest today is Mark Hunter. Mark Hunter is the sales hunter. He is a speaker, sales trainer, and author of two books, High Profit Selling, Win the Sale Without Compromising on Price, and his new book, High Profit Prospecting, Powerful Strategies to Find the Best Leads and Drive Breakthrough Sales Results. Mark has 18 years of experience in the sales and marketing divisions of three Fortune 100 companies before he became an independent consultant. He is recognized for his cutting-edge thought leadership, entertaining value, and actionable strategies. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com and remember to subscribe to the cpsa podcast through itunes google play and more welcome mark to the leadership series brought to you by the cpsa great to have you with us today hey thank you for having me on today looking forward to share with everybody mark could you tell our listeners uh, about your career path and and why you decided to pursue uh, uh, sales as a career well i did not set out to per, uh pursue a career in sales. Let's put it this way. I was pursued by the police department. I went to school in the States and uh, the Seattle police department decided to give me three speeding tickets in the course of about two months, the last semester of college, which meant in about um, six months, I could no longer afford car insurance. I did not want to go into sales. My career was going to be in marketing because I wanted to do advertising. But when you can't afford car insurance, it's amazing how you suddenly say, I got to get a job that provides me with a car. Well, that put me into a sales job because it gave me a company car. That is the, I mean, you talk about stumbling uh -huh. into a career, but you know what I found? It took me about five years to embrace it, but I love it. Being now thinking about not being in sales, I, I, I couldn't even begin to think about that because I, I thoroughly thank the Seattle Police Department for uh, giving me those uh, career enhancing speeding tickets. That's an interesting an interesting introduction to the uh, to a career in sales for sure. Tell us a little bit about how you started and sort of your your path to where what got you where you are now. Yeah, well, my my career path was you know first of all, it was just finding a job that provided me with a company car, and and I went through an interesting career path. I, I joined a small family owned company, and um, they supplied me with a car, and and about nine months later. Um, I got fired from that job. I got fired because there was a family member that wanted my job. I went to work for, uh, 
what I thought was going to be a great corporation. I was with them for eight months and guess what? Got fired from them. Well, what they did was they got rid of the sales force. Clearly, I'm not doing too well on this sales enhancing career. Wound up with the next company. And uh, again, I thought, okay, this is it. This is it. It's going to be the perfect company. Actually, it did wind up. I spent 12 years with them. One of the most fascinating things I learned about sales, you've got to be open for what other voices are telling you. And I think it's very easy. And this was the mistake I made coming into sales. I resisted sales initially. It was like, oh, these are stupid people. These are, you know, these are people who can't get real jobs. When I began to shift my thinking and realizing, no, these are the smart people. These people have a lot of things that they can share with me. That's when my career finally really began to take off. And again, this was the thing that I found and I tell people from a career growth standpoint, volunteer for anything and everything. I didn't really know what I was doing, but if I agreed to take on the difficult customer that nobody else could be successful with, there was nothing but upside. I remember there was a customer early on in my sales career that my boss gave me. He called me into his office and he said, I'm giving you this account because everybody else has really screwed it up and uh, we're not getting any business from them. Th th this was absolutely incredible because I didn't know what I was doing, but clearly all these great gurus didn't know what they were doing either. You know what's funny? I stumbled my way to success because of my own sheer stupidity. I stumbled my way to success. Then I was able to parlay that into another account, into another account, et cetera, et cetera. Along the way, then I began to realize that, wait a minute, just because other people aren't successful doesn't mean you don't listen. I mean, listen to voices, listen to people out there and take it and make it fit for your personality, for your style. Because that's something else that I love to tell people. Sales is a personality game. You have to let your personality come through. We've all been blessed with a wonderful personality. And when I'm able to use my personality, I am so much more comfortable and so much more relaxed. I just do a better job of connecting with people. So many people coming into sales, they think it's this, this, this rote process, you know, this, this process that I'm going to go boom, 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 and I'm going to be successful. No, no. You do want to have a career path. You do want to set goals. But boy, be open. Like I said, I, I keep harping on this. Be open to the voices out there. They will share with you and you'll amend that process. But along the way, you'll, you'll wind up with a much better outcome. That's some fantastic advice. Thank you. So you did talk about, you, you just mentioned at the beginning, I found it very quite interesting that uh, when you talk about sort of volunteering or taking on those tasks, you know, the difficult uh, challenges that might be a little bit risky too, especially early in your career. So sort of based on that, what in your experience, what are some of the typical challenges maybe based around that? that someone might face when they are starting or are early stages of their sales career? Well, yeah, the two big issues is there may be accounts that people don't want to take on or, or no, you got to deal with this customer issue. You know, you got to, hey, can you go back to this customer and get this corrected or something like that? And again, it's like, oh, no, let me give it to somebody else. Let somebody else do it. No, maybe my boss should do it. Jump up and do it because here's the whole thing. I remember the first time I ever made a cold call. I was shaking in my boots. But you know what's interesting? The sooner you do it, the second one was easier. The third one was easier. One of the things that, that, I, that I don't like sometimes about career growth is 
we shelter people from problems where, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to slowly take, take them into this. And I get that. But boy, I'll tell you what, there's something about being thrown into the middle of the fire and figuring out how to not get burned. There may be a difficult contact. You know, your customer service department might say, hey, this person's really hard to deal with. Say, fine, you know what? I'm going to go have lunch with them. I'm going to call them up on the phone. I'm, I'm going to talk with them. Whatever it might be, those are those, those volunteering assignments because then what happens is they go, wow, this guy, this guy does it. This, this lady makes it happen. Whatever it might be. And you know what happens? It increases your level of confidence. Confidence is so critical in sales. And what it also allows you to do is it allows you to build your integrity. You know, if you think about one of the foundational tenets of sales is your integrity. And if you have the integrity of following through, if you have the integrity of reaching out to people, being in communication with people. Because what I find so many times with salespeople is they don't learn this up front. And then as they get developed, they, they become more mature salespeople, more developed, more seasoned. They, they, they kind of try to hide and run from various problems because they're just not comfortable with it. They don't want to be embarrassed. Hey, I want to be thrown in the fire quickly, early. It really worked for me. And remember, I did not want to be in sales. It's interesting because you touched on a, a couple of great points there. And, and it is quite a balance, really, that when you're early in your career, whatever stage you're in your career, that you need to balance that uh, that level of comfort and confidence with that risk reward. You know, taking on those challenges, not fearing, quote, failure, and being able to make mistakes and learn from them and move on and to build and strengthen and grow and be more confident. So what are some of the characteristics, in your opinion, of a successful leader in sales? So to become that that leader in yeah. your, whether it's in your company or it's in your your industry or whatever it might be. First of all, you want to be seen as a learner. You know what's in very, very interesting is a two-watt light bulb looks pretty good in the dark room. Surprisingly enough, I'm amazed at the number of salespeople that don't take the time to really spend their time learning. I'll tell you what, I've been on a mission the last six or eight months. I'm really going to, I'm determined to continue it, but I want to be reading a book a week. I mean, I'm reading a book a week. A, a characteristic of a successful leader is one who immerses themselves in their industry. You know, we've all heard about that 10,000-hour rule on you know, you do anything 10,000 hours, you become an expert. And I don't think it's 10,000 hours. I think it's purely just about 100 hours, 500 hours, because again, a two-watt light bulb looks good in a dark room. Right. But here's something else. Your whole objective is you want to be seen as a successful leader. So what is a successful leader? There's a phrase that I like to use. Sales is leadership. Leadership is sales. I don't want to sell my customer. My goal is to help my customer see and achieve what they didn't think was possible. Now stop and think about that for a moment. My whole goal is to help others see and achieve what they didn't think was possible. That's the goal of a great salesperson and that's the goal of a great leader. You see, being a successful salesperson and being a successful leader is the same thing. A characteristic of a great salesperson is they don't view themselves as a salesperson. They view themselves as a leader who just happens to use sales as the tool to help you achieve a greater outcome. Now, let's come back and let's put in a couple of other characteristics. I, I mentioned the word trust and I mentioned the word integrity. Neither of those really can you visual. You know, they, they aren't things that you can see. But I'll tell you what, trust and integrity, they take a lifetime to build and only a second to lose. And I can't stress this 
on that. This is why one of the things that I tell young salespeople, find somebody in the industry. Maybe it's not in your industry. Maybe it's just in the business world. Benchmark yourself against them. Watch what they do. Watch the leadership characteristics that they do. That's what you want to be emulating. You know, I, I like to use Warren Buffett. He's one of the richest people in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and if you watch his level of integrity, his level of openness, his level of, of you know, again, some of his views and opinions, totally the opposite of mine. I don't care. I don't care. But you watch his thinking process. You watch his thought process. And the other piece that I see a successful leader in sales, yes, they're very goal-oriented, but they don't use goal. Okay, my number is I got to hit 100 for this quarter. That's not their goal. Successful leaders in sales never allow the goal to be their goal. They always set their goal much higher. That's a person who is without a doubt looking to overachieve. But I'll tell you what, if I don't do it with a foundation of integrity and trust, get out of sales, get out of business. We do not have enough people who really demonstrate and live with integrity and trust in everything that they do. Well, certainly integrity and trust are are two very, very important foundations of in the business world anywhere, for sure. So I'm going to shift the next couple of questions a little bit towards the topic of prospecting. And mm-hmm. it just happens to be um, in, the, in the part of the title of your new book. So for the young professionals that are early in their career, what are some good habits or practices to start early? with respect to prospecting? Well, one of the things is it, the, the best advice is, is, the found on, is found on the back of every shampoo bottle. Repeat, repeat. One of the biggest problems people have with prospecting is they fail to do it. Oh, I don't want to prospect. I don't want to prospect. I, I don't want to prospect. Prospect is something you have to do every day. It, it, it's a little bit like that discipline of going to the gym and working out. It's very easy. People think about, you know, I'm going to get the gym membership. You know, how many gym memberships go on you? Everybody thinks sure. about prospecting what they don't. Don't start what you can't finish. What do I mean by this? I mean, I would much rather have five people I'm prospecting on a routine basis than having a hundred people I'm contacting once and never contact again. We burn people out of prospecting because we throw this big thing at them and we expect them to get a hundred prospects. My goal is to have fewer prospects I can spend more time with. When I do that, I actually have a simpler prospecting process. The reason it's a simpler process is because what I'm doing is I'm able to move people through quickly. I'm able to spend enough time with you that I can bring you through to the close that quick. So a a good habit when it comes to prospecting is A, schedule time on your calendar. This must be sacred time. And, and don't discount, oh, we can't prospect on Mondays. We can't prospect on Friday. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people who, who Mondays and Fridays are the best day. You, you don't know what works until you actually do. And when you set up your prospecting process, and I talk about this in the book quite a bit, use all the tools. It isn't just email. It isn't just social media. It isn't just telephone. It's all of the tools. I've got to be able to use them all. For younger people, the telephone is a wonderful tool. You can actually talk to people on the telephone. It actually <laughs> works. Such uh, the volume of technology, the the different ways, and I connect with people in about every different way you can think of when I'm talking to people in my network. And oftentimes, 
I do forget to, you know what? Pick up the phone, give them a call. You know what is interesting? Just on Tuesday of this week, Salesforce just came out with a new study, major study. The top two ways to connect with customers, this is based on salespeople, was in person at like 87%, I may be off by percentage. Then it was telephone at 86%. Then it was email like 83 and social media was down around 44%. Interesting. Wow. I'll have to look that up. That yeah. is interesting. Yeah. Just just came out. I was watching a little bit, uh, a few of your videos uh, earlier in the week. Very interesting. Some great stuff there. And you speak often about the downside and dangers of discounting the price. And I'm sure it's very natural for many young sales professionals to lean this way in order to make that sale, uh, you know, to to prove themselves. Tell us a little bit in your perspective about why this is a bad habit to start early in your career. If you start thinking price, you will always be price. Here's the whole thing. I believe that more price discounts are given because the salesperson lacks confidence than are given based on the demands of the customer. I firmly believe that. Don't think for a moment that the customer is looking for a discount. The customer is asking for a discount or looking for a discount. Why? Because they know that salespeople will roll over and play dead and give them one. It is not for you to determine the value of what you sell. It is for the customer to determine. When a customer is demanding a price reduction, and, and, and I used to do this early on my sales career. Man, I could have been a lot more successful if we had just lower our price. I wish my boss had had the guts to tell me, no, it's not that our price is too high. It's just that your selling process is too low. The whole thing that you want to be able to do, and, and, and this, is, this is very difficult, you want to be able to put that price on the table. And if that customer doesn't accept it, you walk away. You walk away. Ah! Now, you know what's interesting? If that's the only prospect you have in your pipeline, you'll freak out. You see, what's interesting is when you have a full pipeline, it's amazing how you are far less willing to discount your price. Because when you discount your price, you know what happens? You don't, you don't change your cost of goods sold. I'll give you a quick example. I had a gentleman call me the other day, president of a company. He called me up and he wanted to hire me for his company. And he said, your price is too high. Is there any uh, way that you could cut your price? And I said, no, I really can't cut my price, but I can change the value. He got talking about his outcomes and he goes, wow, that was really, really good. I asked you about price and you got me talking about my problem. That's where you want to keep the conversation on the customer's outcome. You should get in the mindset you're thankful that your price isn't even higher, that, that your price is not higher. It should be higher. It should be higher. That's some great insight. Thank you. Give our listeners a little bit more about how they can reach out to you. How can they get in touch with you? Sure. Just jump out to my website. That's the easiest way. A lot of stuff out there. That you can grab. One-stop one shop at the website. I like it. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time today to share your thoughts and insights and advice with our listeners. I, I know that they will um, certainly have a lot to take away from this. Thank you for having me on. And thank you to our listeners. This has been the Leadership Podcast Series brought to you by the CPSA. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Leadership Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association.